Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Hannah Dunleavy, and I want to talk about booze. Alcohol has played a huge role in my life and is responsible for some of its highs and a lot of its lows. I'm interested in what role it plays in other people's lives and how things like age, race, class, sex, religion, geography, profession, health conditions, family history, good old-fashioned trial and error affect what they drink and why they drink it. I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm certainly in no position to do that. I'm just looking for a better understanding of alcohol's role in Britain in 2019. This is The Drink. Please listen responsibly. Hello, Hannah here. It's Tuesday afternoon, so I need to get this recorded quickly, so I'm going to keep this short. In this week's episode, I went down to the junction in Cambridge to see one of this year's Edinburgh Award nominees, Olga Koch, and that is coming up. I haven't decided which interview I'm going to use for next week, so no plug, except to say, you know, listen, because it will be good, and to remind you to subscribe. I am just waffling now. Hi, I am here in the junction, which is becoming a regular haunt of mine for this, with comedian Olga Koch. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I always feel like I'm trying to put on a Scouse accent when I say Koch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything anything works. (laughs) You are here tonight doing one of your shows. Tell us about that. So I am currently on tour with my award-nominated debut show called Fight. It still feels so surreal to say that. Uh, And I'm uh, halfway through my tour, my first tour. And it's been going well, I think. It's it's been going all right. I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not drinking because uh, you're about to go on stage, obviously. Yeah, that would be not very sensible. But were we not about to go on stage? Were Were you not about to go on stage? I'm not going with you. It's fine. Would you be drinking? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you are a drinker. Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, because okay, the, the first thing I have to say is you are the youngest person I've interviewed for this. Oh, so okay. You are... 26. 26. So you are a millennial. Mm-hmm. And statistics tell me that millennials don't drink as much as the generation before them. I believe that. I totally believe that. Well, I mean, I have met a few people. I interviewed even in Mock the other day. She's not a big drinker. Mm-hmm. Greg Jenner, he's not a drinker. I've got a couple of other people lined up. They are the younger people, the people my age in their mm-hmm. 40s have all been drinkers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems so. Do you know many teetotalers? Yeah, I know loads. I know loads. I didn't drink for a year just because like, I wanted to see if I could do it. And it's not that difficult. No. Yeah. You save so much money. Well, that was going to say, did you see some upsides to it? Oh yeah, you, you save a bunch of money, you don't get hangovers. Not that I, I don't think... I mean, I don't get terrible hangovers. I've only started getting hangovers, I'd say, in the last year. Before yeah. that, I didn't really feel anything. You don't embarrass yourself uh, as much. 
Like, I remember waking up, not hungover, but, like, just so humiliated by what I, I'd done the previous night. That yeah. you're just, like, the shame. So the upside, I suppose, if you are around more people your age is that when you are not drinking, yeah. there isn't the pressure to drink either. Yes. But to be fair, the, 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 the year that I didn't drink, I moved to a new country and it was like, and my lifestyle was like changing completely anyway. Oh, okay. So it didn't feel like that. Cause I feel like if I had to stop drinking in college when everyone around me was drinking, that would be much harder. That was the year you moved here? From the US to the UK. Yes. Okay. So you came here and did your first year... Not drinking. Yes, and that's, then and then I was like, just kidding. That's interesting because everybody else I know who has lived elsewhere has always been really struck by drinking culture here. Oh, the when culture! They yeah. So for you to actually abstain from drinking for a year is quite. Oh, it was a feat. But then I think I, also my boyfriend didn't drink at the time, and it was just easy. And then we broke up, and then it was kind of like. The way to socialize was to go to pubs after work with co-workers or to go to clubs or go wherever. Yeah. And that's just like how you do. You do you go day drink. That's just like part of it. You had been in America for how many years before that? Four years. How did American drinking culture, how did you feel about that? So this is something I was actually talking to someone about earlier where it's... In the UK, people start drinking, like, what, 14, 16? Like, that's totally normal to start drinking yeah. at 16. It's actually legal to drink at 16 with a meal at a pub. That is something that I found out. So British teenagers go to university. That isn't such a shock that you are allowed to drink. Whereas in America, I was with a bunch of people who some of them were drinking for the very first time in their lives, right? And also, I was drinking at a time when it was illegal to drink, right? Because I was under 21. Yeah. So it was kind of, like, very much whatever liquor you could get from your mom's cabinet, whatever liquor they will sell you at this one store. No one was drinking for flavor. No one was drinking for taste. No one was distinguishing between wines. It was like, how do we get booze? It was like a whole thing. Someone has a fake ID and we'll get that. Yeah. Or like, yeah, so the, dr- the drinking there was very much like, a, it, it was a game. It's interesting because this week, Twitter, and I presume a lot of the rest of the media, has been awash with this story about the fact that Malia Obama yeah. was spotted Drinking rosé with right. her friends, age 20. Yeah. Which... Is here, a non-story. It just, I mean, you can't even imagine. We had a, a kind of vague equivalent, which was Tony Blair. Uh, when he was the Prime Minister, one of his sons... Yeah. ...was found drunk in Leicester Square and had to be taken away by... And I, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm thinking either the police or an ambulance... Because it became a news story. That's very funny. And, he, yeah, he was about 16. And everybody thought it was hilarious. There was no judgment in it right, whatsoever. Right, right. I think a lot of parents thought, oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my kid's done that too. And everybody else just thought, well, yeah, that's what you do when you're 16. Yeah. And the pressure of being the son of the Prime Minister. Yeah. You think you've probably got even more reason to go out and just want to do something dangerous and like Molly that. looked so cool I was yeah. like why are you you're, you're how are you, we're working against yourself you're like look at her what is yeah. she doing she's being the coolest person I've ever seen in my life yeah and in the vast majority <laughs> of places where alcohol is legal she would have been doing something that was legal anyways I mean, and she I'm, also like wasn't drunk she no. wasn't like belligerent or anything she literally was just enjoying her day yeah and you've lived all over you've been here you've lived in America but originally you are from Russia yes yeah so, I actually did some Googling because I thought I had some ideas mm-hmm. about Russia and booze. And I thought, are these kind of stereotypes we have about Russians? 
or do Russians drink really heavily? And the answer that I found on Google was really interesting, which was they have in the past, but actually Russia's actively been trying to tackle it as an issue. Yes. Which is interesting because whenever this country tries to put some restrictions on, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that Russia's done change the licensing hours. Apparently you can't sell booze between 11pm and 8am. 8am it's bought in minimum pricing and it's trying to do something to do a ban on illegal alcohol sales. It's actually working or it appears to be working in Russia. I don't know because I don't live there but everyone who I know who is Russian who's my age there's loads of people who just don't drink. And it's just not cool. It's just not cool. Oh that is interesting. So it's kind of lost. Yeah it kind of I think how it feels again I don't want to speak for Russian people because I don't live in Russia. It's just, I, it's for me, it's hearsay things I maybe like see on YouTube yeah. or like hear people talk about. And it's just like, I think it's considered like, God, it's, yeah, it's considered lame. It's considered kind of just like unclassy, untasteful to just be like, oh, how kind of like dirty and um, just vulgar to drink. That's like, that's their approach to it. I mean, we do have this sort of idea over here, you mm-hmm. know, that Russians... They like, I mean, they like a drink. But oh, yeah, I, I think definitely. it actually, for a long while, went slightly deeper with that. It was like, it was problematic, the amount of yes. drinking. I was, still think it, was it must be, and I think, apart from just historically that it's very, very, a, a, a huge thing, I think it's just maybe statistically in the north, people get depressed and drink a lot. Like in Finland, yeah. people drink a lot. In Scotland, people drink a lot. In Russia, yeah. people drink a lot. It's like when the sun doesn't come out, you get sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's definitely it's definitely linked to mental health. There's, there's no two ways about it. But also, traditionally, Russia's been spirit drinking nation mm-hmm. rather than a beer and wine. Yeah. And oh, drinking. and the beer in Russia is horrendous. Is it? it is undrinkable. Oh, really? Yeah, it's horrible. So you, your, your parents, obviously, from Russia, are they drinkers? No, they don't drink. They used oh, to. Really? They, they don't drink. But they used to. So in their, in their heyday, they, they used to boogie and drink a lot. But now they've moved to Germany. They've converted from Russian Orthodox Church to the German Protestant Church. I believe they're Lutheran? I'm not sure. So basically they've completely... One of those ones. Right, but they've like completely abandoned everything Russian in their... Like, they have German passports. They're just like, we're Germans now. <laughs> So do, do you find that people naturally assume when you say you're Russian that, that you would be a vodka drinker? Is oh, that, of course, obviously. And are, do you like do you like a vodka or is it? I mean, not not particularly. I'll drink it if it's there. That's how I feel about vodka. It's my <laughs> it least would, favorite of the spirits. It would never never be my first choice. It's it's too medical, right? It's got that medical like kind of just like rubbing alcohol vibe about it. Yeah, I, I also I mean I've, I've seen people. Drink it straight, and that to me is the least, it's certainly the least pleasurable drink to drink straight. Absolutely not. I mean, you'd have to mix it with something. So, so what what do you like if you were going out for for a drink? What what would your drink of choice be? When you asked me to be on the podcast, I was thinking about like the evolution of what I used to drink, mm. and it was like starting with quite sugary things. Obviously, Sex in the Beach loved a Sex in the Beach, loved an amaretto sour. Oh, uh, really? Which is literally just the sweetest thing yeah. you can possibly imagine. It is It is like drinking marzipan. It was <laughs> liquid marzipan. Yeah, it was like thick. That's how sugary it was. Four Loco. I was I was the generation... Do they have Four Loco here? I don't know what that is. Okay, so Four Loco is illegal. So the formula they originally came out with was so kind of potent and crazy that they made it illegal. But in the window that it was legal, that formula, I think it was just like three months maybe in the US people were going crazy for it so it was it's an energy drink that has a, an incredibly high alcohol concentration so imagine like 
a vodka Red Bull, right, with amped up sugar, and then like it would be like a a color that is neon. Like it would be like it would glow in the dark yellow or whatever. It was any and it came in like a super like a super big can, and it was just horrendous. It was it was undrinkable. Was it cheap? It was cheap, and obviously it would get you hopped up because, like, yeah. as a university student, all you needed for a night out is like a big can of watermelon for <laughs> And so I remember just, like, the first three months of my university experience just chugging them and your heart just, like, beating outside of your <laughs> body because it's like, how is it that you're doing so many things at the same time? Yeah. Oh, God, that's just, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, it was horrible. But, yeah, there was a, a here a, a couple of years ago. Well, I say that probably ten years ago. There was sort of a fad. We do go through fads for drinking. And there was a fad for that sort of WKD. Yeah, like a cooler, a breezer or whatever. Yeah, just something I wouldn't... I mean, I just wouldn't drink anything that colour. There's just no two They're gross, but it. again, they don't have the energy drink element to yeah, it. So no. imagine just adding a bunch of, like, Cooking caffeine yeah. to it. That is bizarre. Just take a WKD and just put a fucking shot of espresso. Sorry, I don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to no, Of course you can swear. Um, so that was... Oh, sorry, that was, those were my university days. Then I got super into beer. Uh, just because I, I, dr- I at gigs you drink beer, and I still drink a bunch of beer. I had a resolution where I'm like, I'm not going to drink beer anymore. I want to lose weight. I'm drinking wine now. I think the sugar content's probably the same. I don't know. It's yeah. all like not helping me. But in terms of cocktails, I would probably go for a whiskey sour or an old fashioned. Yeah, I I like whiskey. I, I'm a big whiskey drinker. There's a sophistication. To yeah, it. old fashioned's got a kind of because that's what Don Draper drinks in yeah, Mad yeah. Men. And old so it does have that edge of cool. Yeah, I mean whiskey is. It, I didn't like whiskey when I was your age. I didn't grow. I didn't grow into whiskey till I'd say I was in my thirties. There was something about it that I just couldn't. I think it's because I accidentally drank some when I was quite young. Oh, and, and you, but also uh, there's there's this kind of myth that around whiskey, or there certainly used to be that whiskey makes people like nasty and aggressive and things like that. Really? And, yeah. And I I think that I used to think oh, I don't, that if I drank it, I might end up smashing the place up. That's very interesting. I'm thinking of if I have specific reaction. Did you do you have specific reaction to specific? Alcohols? Well, no. Apparently, th- that's all bollocks. Really? Yeah. So it's it is me convincing myself that I only cry after wine. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. Or that it's that you subconsciously want to cry and therefore you select wine because you think that's Ooh. what's going to be facilitated. I mean, it. this is true. I want to cry most times. Oh, really? <laughs> like if there's any even half of an excuse to cry, I'm doing it. That's why I have such a low Uber rating. <laughs> <laughs> So what sort of drunk are you? Can't just be a crier. There must be more to it than that. Oh, yeah. So I think there's definitely a curve. And I go through periods of handling that curve well. Yeah. And sometimes not predicting it at all. Because there is a switch between... If if I'm having four pints of beer over the night, pint one, just chatty. Pint two, let's go to karaoke. Let's do something crazy. Just get one tit out. But like for a laugh. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like because it's funny. After the pint two, I'm the type of person who could come up to a guy and be like, are we going to make out or what? Like, (laughs) just incredibly confident, but still on the cute side. Yeah. Three, incredibly confident, not cute, not cute anymore. Just very annoying, very confrontational, just kind of like telling everyone that their political opinions are wrong. And four, that's, it's just done. I'm either completely fully asleep. 
<laughs> just fully asleep, wherever I am. I could be asleep. I, I've fallen asleep in my elevator before. God, I sound horrible. <laughs> and um, confronting, uh, confronted multiple boyfriends about them actually being gay. Just because I think that's a huge fear for me for yeah. some reason that my boyfriends are actually gay. Because I had a gay boyfriend at university, and I just now think that all of my boyfriends are secretly gay and not telling me, and that just kicks in. Sorry, I'm really a horrible human being. <laughs> no, you're not. That's, that's kind of the point, isn't it, with booze. I was talking to Paul Sinner a couple of weeks ago, and he said that his whole life has been the quest to find the point at which he has had just enough yeah. and stop there. And it's usually something magical, whatever, that wouldn't normally happen if you were sober. Yeah. But isn't so dreadful because you're too drunk to appreciate yeah. it or it escalates. And when I first moved to Cambridge, I was about 30. Somebody I worked with was having a party. And I hadn't really lived in Cambridge long, and I didn't, still don't know that part of Cambridge that we were in mm-hmm. that night very well. A friend of mine, who actually now is is one of my best friends, he, he and I were at this party and we decided we were going to go and buy cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And we left this party... And we went to the shop and we bought cigarettes. And then we turned around and we thought, I don't know where this party is. <laughs> and neither of us had paid attention. We both assumed the other person had paid attention. This is like 2001 or something. So people have mobile phones, but they, because they didn't do as much for you, because yeah. they were just a phone at that point. People had them in their pocket yeah. or in their bag. Not everybody had them or on them all the time. So we could ring a few people, but nobody answered to tell us where they were. So we spent hours drunk just wandering around trying to find anything and it wouldn't have happened if we were sober and if we'd been terribly terribly drunk it would have been an awful night out but actually it was quite fun (laughs) if you remember it fondly yeah and then we came back and then everyone was like where the hell have you been and you were like funny story (laughs) we've discovered a lot of this city that we didn't know existed tonight do you know your perfect amount it depends what i'm drinking Okay. Because if I'm drinking beer, I would say three probably is a good amount for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm drinking spirits, I can drink a bit more. Because if I'm drinking spirits, I tend to be in my house. Mm-hmm. And therefore, things are less hassle. Yeah. There's not a queue for the toilet, for example. This you know, I'm quite near my bed. No in... women to become best friends with. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. God, the conversations I've had in, in pub toilets. Yeah. Or club toilets. Well, the oversharing is just like, I'm not sure, what? Because <laughs> I feel guilty leaving you here after you've told me this thing about yeah. your dad and your dog. <laughs> yeah, because you get that sort of sense of responsibility for complete strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I wouldn't have if I was sober, because I'm a bit of a dick. I'm like, you know what? You didn't come with me. <laughs> I'm sure you've got friends here, but like yeah. drunk you gets really invested in stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I must, I must find the people that she's with and... They'll find her, that's what... I mean, it's different if you see someone drunk lying in a road, to be honest. But yeah, in a pub toilet, I'm like, it's not really my problem. There are certain things about British drinking culture, not just the amount we drink and things that don't get replicated so much in the rest of the world. Like, for example, the rounds system. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's my friend group from university. Because my friend group from university were very into rounds. Oh, did they? And were all pretty heavy drinkers. So That's what makes you drink more, isn't it? Yeah. The idea that you need to get value. Yeah. The idea that you bought around for everybody, so yeah. you have to say yes, yes to everybody else. Yeah, I think alcohol is like a huge part of our friendship as well. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm absolutely not advertising that as a good thing. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, when you like haven't seen a person in a while, and you're kind of like 
oh, we, it's a bit awkward, not because you, like, don't love each other and yeah. you don't miss each other, but it is, like, we haven't seen each other for months. And so you're like, let's get some fucking vino. And yeah. then the conversation will start flowing. Yeah, that does happen. And actually, I, I feel that this is a terrible thing to say, but I've got a couple of friends, actually one friend in particular, that I knew her for a really long time, and it wasn't until we got drunk together that I actually felt like I knew her. I felt like I knew of her. Yeah, yeah. For... I'd say two, three years, and then we were drunk, and then suddenly you start saying things, and yeah, yeah, and you're not, they're not scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly I was like, oh, actually, I really like you. And <laughs> I, I don't know why I'd been holding back previously. It's almost as if you feel like you don't know someone until you've seen them in that. Yes, and there's also I feel like even when maybe you're not that drunk, drinking gives you a license to be more vulnerable, more open, yeah. more honest, and you're just kind of waiting for like a social cue for to for for some so something to allow you to be like I need to tell someone the secret. Yeah. But it would be so weird if I just walk into like a boardroom at work and was like, yeah. please. Oh god, that's terrible. I remember I used to be like that where I used to think mental no, right? No matter how drunk you get, do yeah. not say that thing. Do not say that thing. Right? Yeah. Do not say, guess what I found out about yeah, yeah, David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, guess what I did that I shouldn't have done? And you actually feel yourself getting closer and closer to it. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder why I didn't make the decision just to tell everyone while I was sober, because it felt somehow inevitable yeah. that I was going to end up telling people this stuff. And then you end up telling them this stuff yeah. in a really backwards, drunk, not particularly well articulated way. Yeah. But then sometimes you do actually. Here, whatever that thing that you're saying maybe isn't necessarily a bad idea to say out loud. But then I, I, I mean, I love, by love I say, I find it amusing to kind of trace back the reasoning that you had behind doing a thing. So, for example, like, I would never text him. I don't want to text him. I know subconsciously yeah. he's not interested. I know he's not interested. And so I can't text him in cave even though I really want to text him. But then as you get drunker, that reasoning chases me like, Maybe his phone is broken. Yeah. Or maybe he. Maybe he's. Uh, my favorite things are for me to, for me or anyone to think to be like. Maybe he's going through that same exact qualm right now. In <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's also looking at his phone, being like, "I can't text her. I can't be annoying yeah. to her." And so, and then you text him, and obviously it goes terribly. You wake up in the morning, and you're like, "Oh, why did I feed myself mm. into this delusion?" Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So what was the first time that you were drunk? first time I was drunk I think it was in high school at my sister's wedding I got 
hammered because it was like an open bar and it was so many people there that like my parents didn't even see me the whole evening and I was with like two older cousins who were like wouldn't it be funny to get older really drunk and I was like 14 or something 14 or 15 and they were it was like an active prank for them were you a bridesmaid no god no like the thing is the wedding was so big like it wasn't disaster just because the wedding was so big my sister didn't see me my parents didn't see me and I was just I remember it was in the mountains because her Husband, now ex-husband, drama, um, <laughs> uh, was like from the mountain region. So I just remember just being 14 and just having the loveliest times being like, oh my God, these mountains are so beautiful. How come I never take a, take a pause and look at nature? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, was that the start of a drinking career then? Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I think there was something about, because I went to boarding school where drinking obviously wasn't allowed and like the forbidden fruit of it the kind of just the idea that that's what the, the thing that makes you an adult oh boy yeah. and then it, it was forbidden for so long because i i was at, at university in america where it was like oh you can't drink until you're 21 so i think it was it's been a forbidden fruit for me for such a long time taylor was saying that taylor glenn when i spoke mm-hmm. to her she was like you just it, by the time you get there, it's just like, you don't know how long I've fucking waited yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to order a drink legally. Yeah. And, is, it's, and it feeds into so many stereotypes of like, sex in the city, I want to go and get a cosmopolitan. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just like hanging out with my friends. I'm going to get a beer, like a sports bar. Like there's so many, it's so such a social thing and such an adult thing. Yeah, definitely. But that said, you don't grow out of it in that sense. There's a lot of things you're younger you want it, you want yeah. it, and then you get it, and you're like, yeah, I don't care. Right, but actually, like, a, like a race car bed. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, exactly that. But then when you get to 18, you don't then go, oh, you know what, this is suddenly boring. You're right. like, oh my God, this is great. I, yeah. It's fun on a different kind of level. It's also one of those things where I remember when I was, I don't want to say sober, because I, I mean, it, the implications of that, but when I was... Yeah not drinking for that year. It's tough to find an activity for an evening. Like, you can go see a movie, but that's, like, kind of finite. You can go see a show, finite. But, like, sitting in a pub and drinking Coke is so lame. And I know this is a mental block for myself because no one fucking gives a shit what I'm drinking at a pub, but there, it does feel lame. I don't think it's, it's lame for someone to do it. I can't see the pleasure in it when everybody else yeah. is... You feel like an imposter. But also, you just... Everybody else is... A, to varying degrees, a yeah. dick, but basically mm-hmm. a dick when they're <laughs> drunk, aren't they? So to actually have to put up with that, to have to be the person that is going, yeah, 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 I've heard this story before. Yeah, 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 stop saying it. Yeah, Because people treat you like a, just like there's something wrong with you. But there's a really fine line between something that's social and full-on antisocial when it comes yeah. to drinking. There is yeah. a really, really fine line. And I think there is an element of not... Not being trusted or people presuming that you're sitting in judgment. When oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, oh, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? Yeah. What well, really is just a reflection of you kind of being scared that you could never do something like that because you're an addict, maybe a low-level one. Yeah. I don't know. Is that it? And then you're just kind of like... <gasps> I mean, I've had periods where I didn't drink. Some of them were, were just coincidental. Some of them, I, it wasn't even until I sat and thought, God, when was the last time I had a drink? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, wow, yeah. that was two months ago, that was three months ago, or whatever. For varying reasons, I've stopped drinking to save money because I thought it would help with the diet. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, it kind of does because I went through a stage where I used to think, how is it 
that I haven't lost any weight. And right. not only would you think about the calories that you consume when you were drinking, mm-hmm. you'd then go, I had a fucking kebab on the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I've been eating salad all week, and suddenly I'm eating some greasy burger at a yeah. bus stop at like yeah. two o'clock in the morning. What was I thinking? Because your drunk brain's like, you need to soak up the alcohol. Yeah. It doesn't count because you're soaking up the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point at which you then usually just go to bed. Yeah. And that's food at its most disgusting because that's still on your fingers, basically. Oh, and like yeah. in the morning and you're just like, what? What is that? <laughs> oh, it's kebab grease. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's really gross. There was something that I did want to talk to you about because, like I say, you're the youngest person I've spoken to. Please. And one of the things that a lot of particularly women who I've spoken to during this have said to me is that they're really glad that they didn't spend their formative drinking years in a culture that Twitter and camera phones and all of that Ooh. stuff existed. And you you did grow up yeah. in that. When you were out drinking, did you ever think, oh God, I could be filmed? Or was it just how it was? That's a really, really good question. So essentially, I had a terrible first boyfriend. And I, you, we all did. Right. Well, no, because you have to. It's a rite of passage, obviously. <laughs> It's like, I, I, do, I do love that the idea of having like the first terrible boyfriend because that's the person who makes you like not desperately want a boyfriend afterwards because you're like, oh, maybe I should like the person and not just yeah. take whoever wants to date me. Um, this is unrelated. But now that you ask it, it like is a light bulb in my head, but it never occurred to me that he sort of blackmailed me by saying, I have footage of you drinking and I have videos and, and photos of you drinking. I'm going to show them to your parents. Because my <gasps> parents, like, because I was underage in America and they obviously didn't want me drinking underage in America if you don't get back together with me. And I and I suppose, oh like, that's God. not really something you could do readily available if, like, you didn't have camera phones. Yeah. Because no one would just be filming you drinking. But I think it was, like, a funny video of me being like, woo, like, whatever. What and so that, I mean, he was, I mean, he was horrible on so many levels, but that was one of the things. And now that you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a big thing. But in terms of now use of social social media I don't think I use any social media earnestly I'm very much like a kind of a made-up persona that's a bit extreme on all of them so I feel like I could get away with so much just because if you look at me on Instagram I act as if I'm like this starlet yeah who like everyone who knows me knows that it's a character people who don't know me are constantly texting me being like who the fuck do you think you are (laughs) so I think I, I think I've kind of bought myself the security of doing really outlandish things but it's a very calculated thing of like never being I, I am scared of being earnest on social media for sure I have to say from the point of view of using social media mm-hmm. I mean to be honest Facebook I don't go on enough for it even to be a worry but there are times when I'm about to post stuff on Twitter and I think hang on you are a bit drunk <laughs> maybe don't post that and leave it in drafts and see how you feel about it in the morning. And I would say probably a good 50% of stuff I just end up not posting. Because it's it's usually me saying something. It's usually me saying, fucking Brexit. You just, and then I think, no, why, why, would I, why would I want to wake up to 700 yeah, messages yeah, yeah, from yeah. angry people in the yeah. morning? It's not like I'd say something outrageous. I'm probably just saying what I actually think. But it's that you're like, why? It's not productive. It's not productive. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. is a. It's just me lashing out. Oh, it's so like nice that you have that voice inside your hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't always. I haven't always, to be honest. But I think it's because I didn't grow up around social media. Yeah. 
So I did say lots of dickish things, but that was in a pub and yeah. people forgot them and it wasn't there. No screenshots. Exactly, forever. When I was 16, I was doing Model United Nations in The Hague because I was a virgin <laughs> and I posted on, so I got drunk and I posted on the boy that I like wall because back in the day people didn't use like DM personal messages that are private. They posted on each other's walls, which were public and everybody could see. And I posted on his wall, I love you. And it was just like, I don't know what the hell I expected from and I love you on time. Like, what was I thinking? He deleted it and he just messaged me saying, are you okay? And, I, and it was just like, in that moment, just the crash of like what I thought it would be yeah. and then what it turned out to be. And I was like, oh. It's funny when you're at that age and you think of the 400 different permeations <laughs> that could happen, right? You never think of the one where they just go, Oh, I'm a bit embarrassed for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah, that's actually the most likely one, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I'm in a fortunate position where my parents wouldn't have been that bothered. But what would your parents' reaction have been then to a photograph, to photographs of you drinking at 16? I mean, I was 18 or 19. Oh, okay. First of all. But it was still illegal in America. Uh, can I, can I re- retrospectively be tried for a crime? Uh, I don't know. What is the repercussions of being caught drinking in America under the drinking age? I think you're fine. Yeah, they, they, I would be, have been drinking underage. My parents, um, I don't know how they would react. They would have, there would definitely be like threatening of like, you, we're coming to live with you. I don't know. I can't believe something. Well, I, I, I say I can't believe it. I mean, I can't believe it. Oh, that he was a... That dick? he would do it. Yeah. Oh, come on. Men are horrible. But I mean, it's sadder that he thought that he would be in a blackmailed relationship. Yeah. Like, hi, she's with me because I blackmailed her. I'm sure he's making somebody else very unhappy as we speak. <laughs> Can you see now at a time, obviously, because you're in your 20s. Do you, Can you see a time when you won't drink again? Yeah, definitely. I almost feel like I... It is something that's, like, assumed. I don't know. This is really interesting. I was talking to someone about how I... Because I've... I feel like a lot, a lot of especially women feel this way. Because I was raised by a mother who's very conscious about her body. And because I've been dieting since maybe I was 11. Not, like, hardcore you're not allowed to do. But it was, like, dieting has always been in the house where my mom would be like, this is a new fan diet. Let's all try it together. And it was just, like, it just was a part of our lifestyle that I have constantly thought of my body as in transition. So I never think of my body as this is what I look like. I always think of my body of this is a transition when I'm skinny, not if, but when I'm skinny, yeah. I constantly look at like models and I'm like, Oh, for some reason, from a very young age, I'm like, when I look like this, whereas like when you take a step back, I'm like, I'm probably never going to look like this and it's fine. I've had a completely perfectly fine life. I think I've always looked at alcohol as in like, no, no, no I'm drinking now, but eventually I probably won't. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it would be so much fun when I'm, like, retired and just, like, drinking wine with my friends and, like, remembering what happened 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, that is really interesting what you said because, I mean, alcohol, is, the vast majority of it is completely empty calories as well. And yet it does seem to get left off in diets. As in, I know people who will do exactly that, who will, who will eat really, really well yeah. and save up their points or whatever it is, yeah, 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 the calories, yeah. in order that they can go out and get drunk at the weekend yeah. or and have a massive blowout. And I think that, to me, is the easiest thing to go, really, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Those calories, you could just drop them. Just don't drink that night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Whatever thousand or whatever you're going to take on board. I do know that, and I, don't, I mean, I'm not a dieter particularly, but I do know that gin and tonic is apparently one of the lowest oh, hello. calorie drinks that you Thank can Thank you have. very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Good to know. 
I suppose it's in a similar way that I know a lot of people who who are vegans and vegetarians, particularly with vegans, who go to extraordinary lengths to make sure that what they eat and what they wear and all of that is entirely ethical. Mm -hmm. And then when I ask them a question about drinking, they're like, oh yeah, fuck's really hard. Sometimes you just have to drink what's there. Yeah, yeah, It's odd that you... None of those principles you apply really rigidly to your the food that you yeah, consume yeah, yeah. is applied oh, so to alcohol. I, I mean, I think it's easier now because veganism is more common mm-hmm. and therefore I think more people are actually actively going after that market mm-hmm. with like crafty beers and things that mm-hmm. you, can, you can drink. But for a long while, I think it was really hard to get your hands on anything that was entirely free of, of some form of adult. I only recently found out that oh, 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 wine isn't vegetarian. Broke my heart. I don't eat meat, but I'm also going to drink wine. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. I don't know what it is in it that's not. I think they, like, filter it through cow skin. Cow stomach or something disgusting, isn't it? I don't really... I I mean, to be honest, I went to... um, I went on a press trip a couple of years ago to France. And we went to Champagne to... God, I was going to say distillery, but that's not the correct word. Brew? A no, not a, definitely not a brewery. What is the word? Winery? But it would winery. be a winery. It would be a winery, yeah. yeah. And they were saying, okay, this is how it's made. And I was like, oh, mental note. Like, soak this yeah, in. Yeah. This is really interesting because I don't really know anything. Yeah. Vodka comes from potatoes. That's about yeah. all I know. So they start off with this thing and they're like, and then you do this and then you do the grapes and then they move on and they're showing you all the different parts of the building. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't help that this guy was unbelievably handsome, and so therefore I was just a bit distracted. <laughs> but then it got to a point where I just, I don't know, I stopped taking it in, and it was like, and then magic and fairies come down, and then this happens. And I still don't really even understand. Even when they explained it to me, I was like, I actually think I lack the scientific knowledge to understand what it is you're saying to me about how alcohol works or how it's made. It's magic monster juice. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't need to know how it's made. Exactly that. Although I will say that I bought some of that champagne. They were like, you can have a glass of it. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's actually quite nice. Uh-huh. I don't really do champagne, but I thought that was quite nice. And I bought a couple of bottles of it for 20 euros. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I came back and I Googled how much it would cost in this country and it was about 70 pounds. <gasps> and I thought, oh my God, why didn't I buy more? And it was absolutely lovely. Ooh, it was really what nice. What was it called? Oh, God, I can't remember. But, it, but it's like legally allowed to call, be yeah. called champagne because it's champagne. Exactly. But apparently, the stuff that we think is good champagne, yeah. like brands, apparently, not good in champagne. It's the small places. Apparently, a lot of the brands are actually made from the stuff that the small places reject. Ooh, so they're like small batch artisanal yeah. champagne places. Yeah, okay. That is okay. And now I don't know how useful that knowledge is going to be. I mean, if you I'm, I, if you make me drink any of it, I won't tell the difference. No, exactly. That. I feel the same way about beer or wine. It is. It, it has to be exceptionally bad for me to notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have. I actually wonder whether I drank so much bad wine at points in my life that whatever taste buds are just like exhausted with it. Yeah, it will. Do. It, it, will it will absolutely do. So, how do you deal with a hangover? I don't. <laughs> I get so sad. I think fried food, sun, a workout. Uh, if there's if there's a pool nearby, soak in it. If there isn't, soak in a tub. 
Yeah, just a lot of like self reflection. I wish I, I, <laughs> I wish I had a good solution for a hangover. What I ca- absolutely cannot do on a hangover is drink again. I don't understand hair of the dog people. Hair of the dog people amaze me. I can't do it. There's been points where, yeah, I suppose if I was on holiday, you know, when you're somewhere that when you go to one of these, hey, you go to a resort in Greece and literally. I mean, you were saying earlier, there is no cinema, there's nothing there, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. bar or nothing. Uh-huh. That you've thought, well, I might as well just carry on drinking because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I've been on an aeroplane home, nearly dead, thinking this is just, <gasps> this is just awful. Drinking yeah. in the daytime is a whole different, like, can of worms, just because it, I, I hate the feeling of being drunk and also, like, heat on my skin. Like, yeah. it just, it just makes you so queasy just even thinking about it. Plus, you always see those people that have passed out on the beach. Yeah. Just burnt to fuck. It's just terrible. I think you try as, as, uh, really hard as well. I mean, you, you have an accent that doesn't really be able to distinguish where you are from, generally, I think. So you probably don't get tarred with that English people brush that a lot of us get. But when you go abroad, you're like, oh, just please don't be, don't be in any way stereotypically English and dry. I feel like if anything Americans have a bigger stereotype attached to them. Oh really? Don't they? I don't know. I'm not American, but like I mean, if I have, were to get it. Oh so. they have a stereotype of, you know, they turn up and they are really demanding very and they loud, don't speak the local and, yeah. language. That's the stereotype. Yeah, whereas English people have a stereotype that we turn up and get pissed and we fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me before we go where are you going next on your I'm tour? going to York. I'm going to Manchester. I'm going to Warwick. Please go on my website, www.rockandrollga.com. All the dates are there. You can buy tickets there. Please, please come. It has been illuminating talking to you. <laughs> As ever, Olga. Cheers. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.